Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts and the actions of our lives be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our Old Testament reading from Isaiah 11 is asking us to think about stumps tonight. So let's think about stumps. What do you think of stumps? Are, are, they, are they really interesting? Are they an exciting thing? For you, as you think about a stump of a tree, does that symbolize to you life or death? When you think about a stump, does that, is that a picture of hope or hopelessness? If you think about a stump of a tree, do you think about a life that once was, or do you see that as an anticipation of life yet to come? The reason why I ask is because I'm kind of torn. I don't know exactly what to think of that image, because at first, as I thought about the image of a stump, I thought about death. In my yard, both in the front and in the back, when we first moved in, we had two great ash trees. Beautiful. Provided a lot of shade on both sides of our home so that when that hot sun is beating down, it was not quite so warm. The only problem was a few years into our residence, we discovered that that tree didn't have as many leaves as it used to. We discovered that the ash borers, they found that tree. They found the tree in the backyard, they found the tree in the front yard, and there was really no saving them. And so we had those trees cut down, and what is left is just the stump. It always reminds me as I mow over that part of our lawn, get to that little hill, that little mound of that tree that once was. It reminds me of death. I wonder in Isaiah's time if that image of a stump would have brought to mind similar thoughts, similar ideas. You see, in those days, Israel and Judah were under threat. They were under threat from all sides by some of the other empires of their day. And Isaiah prophesied that those kingdoms would stand no more because they had disobeyed God. They had given up the faith. They had pursued other gods. And so God was going to hand them over to all of those empires. And in those days, when the bad guys came, they took everything. When they came, they razed the land. Think scorched earth policy. Because when they left, they did not want those empires to be rebuilt on their back door. They did not want those kingdoms to rise again. And so they completely devastated and destroyed the land. And trees were torn from the ground. They were cut down. They were part of the siege warfare that they used to destroy the walls of the cities, to burn the cities to the ground. And so as Isaiah talks about a stump, I can't help but think that if they're taking to heart some of his words about a prophesied destruction, they can't help but see death is coming. And it was kind of apparent by that time. Isaiah said that the end is near. 
These kingdoms are not going to stand much longer because of your disobedience. But Isaiah talks about a stump of Jesse, and we can't miss the connection here. He's talking about the royal family. Jesse is King David's father. We remember that King David's family, that was the line of kings in Judah. They were the royal family. They were the ones in charge. And so as Isaiah talks about a stump of Jesse, he is prophesying the end of the kingdom. He's prophesying the end of the kings, that they shall be no more. They shall be destroyed. There will be no more life and vitality in that kingdom. Instead, it will be dead, dead as a stump. That message of Isaiah was still spoken of, was still remembered in Jesus's time. And this was hundreds of years after the fall of the kingdoms of Judah and Israel. They still remembered Isaiah's words, and they remembered them all too well because they were aware of how true they really were, because there were no more kings in Judah in Jesus's day. There were no kings of Israel. Instead, there was the Roman Empire. Instead, there were those powers that were put over the people. The stump of Jesse, they knew that all too well. The kings were gone. The kingdoms had fallen. There was nothing left. But a stump need not only stand for death. A stump, in a way, could also stand for life. To get this image, maybe you have to be somebody who's ever had a stump in your yard. If you've ever cut down a tree before, you know that a stump doesn't merely symbolize death, but it is also a potential life. If you don't take care of that stump properly, what happens? Growth. Life can come again. Because though you have cut off the tree at the ground, what still exists under the ground are the roots. And the roots still have that power to produce life. There is a vitality there. Settlers knew this when they came to America, when they came to the new land, when they came to this country and there were trees everywhere. But they wanted to settle the land. They wanted to farm it. And so they cut down the trees in order to make farmland, in order to make grazing land. And if they couldn't remove the stumps from that ground, it wouldn't really make the best kind of land to grow crops because you'd always have to go around that stump, because you'd always be fighting the nutrients that are being drained by those roots. If you've ever said that phrase, I'm stumped, when we say that, it means I'm at a loss. I don't know what to do. Well, I'm told that that phrase comes from the settler's experiences with those stumps. Somebody asked him how their land was. They'd say, well, I'm still stumped. There's still a tree stump in my land, and it's preventing me from taking back that land so that I can grow crops, so that I can do what I want with it. See, when they looked at the stumps, they didn't see life that was dead. They saw potential life that was getting in the way of their farming plans. Maybe another way to think about the vitality 
that can come from stumps. From something that we think is dead, you have to think of a very common problem in just about everybody's yards, the dandelion. Do you consider them a weed? Do you consider them a problem? If so, you've probably tried every possible means to get rid of them. Maybe you pay for special treatment to your lawn to make sure that those suckers are dead every single year. But you know what? If you lapse one year in your treatment, guess what's back? Those dandelions. And it can freeze, and you would think it would kill them. But no, they come back. You can pull them up. You think that would kill them? No, they come back. They just keep coming and coming and coming because below the surface, there in the roots, is life and vitality. We might pull them out of the ground and we think that stem is broken, it's cut off, there's death, there's nothing there, but we'll always be surprised because that dandelion comes roaring back. You could say that that dandelion offers us maybe a more understandable picture of what Isaiah is talking about then. Because he talks about this stump of Jesse, but he says life will come from it. There is a shoot that will come forth. There is a branch that will be coming out of that stump, out of where we see death and hopelessness, and that branch will grow and that branch will bear fruit. There is life and vitality there. It's on video now, so everybody's going to see that. The promise of Isaiah in that prophecy is twofold. It is about the end of the kingdoms of Judah and Israel. It is about the end of the lines of kings. But only as people were thinking about it. It wasn't really the end. Because there, below that stump, were roots full of life and vitality. See, there in that line of Jesse, that line of King David, was God's strong word, a promise, a promise that would be fulfilled. God told David, your son will rule a kingdom that will last forever. Your son will sit on a throne that will be established for all eternity that promise. That promise was the life and vitality of that stump of Jesse, and it would bear fruit. It would grow again, even though the people of Israel had sinned and abandoned God. God wasn't done. That promise, that promise of a new king was a promise of that Messiah, of the Savior, the promise that was fulfilled in Jesus himself. Jesus was that one who was from King David's family. He was the one born in the line of David. Where there was only death, where there was no hope, suddenly hope was born anew. But it was a different kind of hope. A hope that, in fact, not many people understood. Even as Jesus lived and had his ministry, there was only a remnant of the people that listened to him, only a remnant of the people that believed that he was that Messiah, that he was that son of David, that he was that king who was promised to come. But whether they received him or not, 
whether they believed him or not, he was life, a new kind of life, a life that would bear fruit for all eternity. And the way that Jesus did it is a way that is just as perplexing to you and me. For we think about a stump and we think, is it symbolizing death or is it symbolizing life? Jesus took another tree and gave us that same picture. For Jesus came to die on a tree of a cross. A tree of a cross that everybody would look to and say, there is only death, there is only guilt, there is no hope there. That is where criminals and the guilty die in shame. And Jesus did die. Jesus did die in shame. Not his own shame, but our shame, our guilt, our sin that he took upon himself so that that tree is no longer simply a tree of death, but for us it is a tree of life. It is a tree of hope. It is a tree that has been transformed. And as we look to the cross, we see life, our life, the eternal life that Jesus has promised and won for each and every one of us. God has a way of taking those images which seem so hopeless, that seem so dead, and flipping them on their head and showing us that there is life there. And he does that for you and me as well. For he sees into our hearts and he sees death. He sees the sin in our hearts. He sees our fears. He sees our doubts. There's nothing good there. Nothing that can be salvaged. Only death, only sin. But what does he do? He grafts us in to that living branch. He grafts us into that tree of the cross. And there we are forgiven. There we are renewed. There we are transformed. So that here there can be life once more. So that here there can be hope once more. We're coming to the end of our Advent season. We're on the doorstep of celebrating Christmas, of celebrating the birth of our Savior. This is that wonderful time when we see that our God is with us. See, we don't just celebrate something that happened 2,000 years ago in a far-off place that, well, it, it makes us feel better inside. No. We celebrate that in a place of death, life was born. In a place where there was no hope, there is now hope. That happened a long time ago in a place called Bethlehem, but it happens each and every day right here. Jesus is the vine. He is that branch that bears fruit. He is God with us. He has brought us to himself. And we now have that same life, that same vitality, so that we too can bear fruit for his kingdom. And so as we celebrate Christmas, it's not just about what happened 2,000 years ago. It's what that living branch still does in us today. Amen. And now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, who is our Lord and risen Savior. Amen.